0: Holy is the Lord. Surely our God is holy. Our Father, give us a glimpse of your holiness, Lord. We cry from the depths of our hearts, Lord, and we say, Lord, you are holy, Lord. We are unholy, Lord, but in your presence, we are made holy by your righteousness, Lord. And may your holy presence fill this place, Lord. Fill this place Come bless us Lord Come bless us this morning as we hear your word May your word open that heart of us Lord In Jesus name I pray Amen Before you take your seats Give a round of applause to the wonderful worship team They really done a good job Amen God is good Amen God is always good you know, i got two masks on now, I wonder. When did I got two? <laughs> Amazing. You get so fast, you pick up the habit. You eh? know, I was telling the church this morning, I went to a church and before I came in the door, the pastor told me, "Ah, oh, you can do away with the mask. You don't have to wear a mask. And I said, good. When I came here this morning, before I can even go to the toilet, Pa said, there's a mask, wear a mask. Now I wonder what's going on. Huh? But anyway, it's okay. I'm okay with the mask. But I was sharing a, a story. I went to a bank before COVID. And I like, if you know me, when I'm outside, I always wear a cap, like a golfer. And I like to wear shades because I've got a bit of an eye matter with my diabetes. So I wear shades, Ray-Ban. Huh? And I went to the bank. And then after lining up, the lady told me, get the head off and the shades. Otherwise, I won't serve you. I said, okay, take it out. Then, during COVID, I went to the bank. And the lady told me, put your mask on or I won't serve you. (laughs) Sometimes situations create confusion. Where to where. But the moral of it is, the law is still the law. We follow the law. Amen? Don't break the law. Amen. Don't break any laws. I'm a very strong advocate. I advocate... The truth, and I like people to abide in the law. Okay, I don't go for the letter of the law. I know Paul says the letter of the law kills, but the spirit of the law brings life. The two situations, Pa Agus say where must that one say? That is the danger part. That's where we need to check the spirit. And I know Pa Agus do it because he care for you, and I know the other guy don't want to do it because he don't care about you. Amen. I really struggle because my wife is still fighting cancer at home. And if I were to listen to him, I may kill my wife. And I listen to Pagus, I may save my wife. Because the virus is still out there. It is still strong. Very strong. So guys, this morning I want to share on something that I really like. I love the Old Testament. If you know me, I'm a historian. Look at my face, look like all of us. But I love history, you know why? When you know history And then you study the present It becomes so rich Because you know the root And then the fruit becomes sweet Amen? I know the root, I have gone Studied, looked at the root Understood the root, and therefore When I eat the fruit, it is so Sweet Don't discount the Old Testament, amen? Don't say so hard, nothing is hard if you think hard, it's hard. If you don't also read, how many of you can read? Can read or not? Sure, can read. Then read. The more you read, the more you understand. Amen. I just read. I love reading. I mean, I got nothing better to do, so I read. But reading is a good thing, good exercise. Church, do you know that reading, reading is really enriching for your soul, for your mind, for your heart. For your understanding, this morning I want to continue on one Samuel chapter six, one to. I believe you guys are going through one Samuel. Yes. It's a be- oh done. Are no, no. oh, going through? that. Huh? good. I thought you outdone me. No, but okay. One Samuel, and in Samuel, it's actually the whole narrative is about Samuel. About Samuel, his calling, his services, God's leading. God Samuel is an awesome prophet. But in 1 Samuel, chapter 4, 5, and 6, these three chapters turn the whole story around. They no longer focus on Samuel, but they focus on the Ark of the Covenant. Amen? I'm mean, going you read. Go back and read. I normally, I'm this type of person. Don't be like me, but this is me. If next week I'm going to church, the pastor is going to talk on something. I today have a study. I also want to know what he knows. I don't want to be left behind. I don't know about you. I love, I'm very uh, up. I'm keep in, I like to keep in step with what's happening. So go back and read. And in this story, in this 1 Samuel chapter 6, it's a beautiful story about the ark of God. Do you know what is the ark of God actually is? There are two things about the ark. The ark of the covenant is God's holy presence. That's what it means. The Ark of the Covenant is the carrying of the holiness and the presence of God. There's two components, holiness and presence. That's what the Ark is. Today we don't carry the Ark because you and I are the Ark. We carry the holiness and the presence of God within your heart. Amen? You're a Christian, you carry here. You don't worry. You don't have to touch and fright. You won't die. It's in you. And this story tells us now the focus is on the Ark of the Covenant. And in chapter 4, as I told them, they, the Philistines captured the Ark. Who oh, He wrote. When they captured, they were so happy. You know why? To them, in capturing the Ark means they have conquered God. Because they, got, they captured they captured the holiness and the presence of God. To my thinking, no human being can ever capture God. The only capture we can do of God is when God capture our hearts and stays with us. Amen? But this talks about the ark. And in this story, this whole story in, one, in chapter 6 is broken down into three different components. Eh? It's all about three, three, three. It's about how these people caught up. In chapter 4, they capture the ark. Chapter 5, the ark stays with the Philistines. In chapter 6, please, they say, take the ark away. We don't want. It's causing us trouble. Just if you, I don't know how you read. and say, When I read, I read from a very different perspective. Eh? I don't read as literally. I read with understanding what is the truth. What is the story. And if you look at it, it's talking about this. When they conquered, they celebrated Oh, they celebrated They paraded this trophy And then when they captured it And then suddenly The people were getting sick They got boils, bubonic plague People were dying And then they said, what happened? I thought the capture of the presence of God Would make us strong, holy But our people are dying and so, in chapter 6, we are here, they are talking how to bring the ark away. How to return. Return to who? They want to return to Israel. Amen? So, this is the whole background of this story. But what, before I tell you the story, I want to go on to this verse. It says in Proverbs uh, 9 and 10, the book of Proverbs says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I am sure the Philistines didn't have the wisdom of God. So they never understood why the ark was giving them trouble. Amen? They didn't fear God. They conquered God. They conquered God. And they were so proud. You know, in the Old Testament, if you read the Old Testament, they are up and down, up and down in their life. They go up, they go down. Maybe it's a human nature. When we up, we want to go down. When we go down, we want to go up. Amen. Sometimes you wonder why are we so stupid? Huh? We go nicely up instead of continuing, we go down. And then we cry, cry, cry. God put us up again. And then cry, cry. You look the whole history of the Bible. God redeems his people. And after the redemption, they forget the repentance. And they go back to the same cycle. Huh? Are you like that? i like to throw this to you. Are you like that? Maybe I want to wake you up. Let me tell you, every valley you go in is a required journey on your way up. Every mountain has a valley before you go to the next one. Amen? So how you, your perspective, how you read the situation depends on how you fear the God, how you fear the Lord. There is not one soul that always goes up. Only Jesus went that way up. None. We being in the human form will drop again. The the only difference is do we have the will, the gumption, and the drive to go up? This morning, our brother read that devotion. In your weakness, when you are down, the strength of God is the oom, oom, go up. Yes, you cannot go up on your own. God, um, 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 up you go. And then you learn, God cares. And then when you go up, you forget, God cares, so you don't care. And then you come down. You know, sometimes it's a cycle. I sit down and I always wonder. But then when you look at it, because we were made this way, we were made, listen, to depend on God. The more we lean on God, the more we go. But there are times we become slacking, lazy, lazy, We step away, and then we go down, we slide down. Free insight. Please keep my, when you quote, just remember Pastor Miso, okay? Alright, then, what does it mean? So, I want to address this. A lot of people get confused. They say, but I thought God loves us. Isn't He our Father? And aren't I supposed to love God? How can I love God if He makes me afraid of Him? God never makes you afraid. There's a different expression in the two words. Fear and afraid are different things. Alright? There are three kinds of fear. Fear of the natural. When you cross the road, you look left and right. Why? You don't want your legs to go before you. You don't want your legs to be lying down on the road and you're standing here. So you watch the... Right? That is called natural fear. Stop, look left, right? Unnatural fear is what? Nighttime, I huh? I'm takut, like, hey, huh? Dark. Got ghost. a spirit. I can feel. I can hear. I can't see, but I can feel. That's an unnatural fear built in us. Then the third fear, the fear of the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, not intelligence and smartness, but wisdom. Wisdom is not knowing everything. Wisdom is the application of what you know. Remember Solomon? They were fighting whose baby? He said, cut half, you take half, you take half. And then the lady said, no, 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 don't want. And then he found out who is the real mother. eh? That is wisdom applied. You know, we are all clever. I know some of you double degree. If I do double degree, I get fever in my head. And sometimes the double degree is the double whammy we go down. You know, Because we think we know everything. I'm not against. Go study. Study well, girls. Guys, study. But study with the right attitude. Huh? I also used to study last time. Not my ha- I studied till my hair gone. <laughs> Who more wiser than me? But, you know, let me tell you, wisdom. Each one of you should daily pray, Lord, give me wisdom. How to answer, how to speak, how to make decisions, how to apply. Amen? You know, like you see, just now the two situations, must and not. Each person exercises different wisdom. Eh? I, believe, I believe you don't have... But Agus came for more cautious and caring. If they don't give you, you will give us the COVID. So better put the mask on. Eh? Others, don't care, get COVID, COVID. Huh? But I don't want COVID. Not that I'm frightened. I had COVID. But I'm very fearful for my wife. All through these three years of COVID, she's fighting cancer and yet she has been spared. My kids all, my whole home, even the dog also is sick. I said, what sickness you got? Maybe he got flu, but he also down for three days. Huh? See, I can't walk. I said, why you? You sneeze, sneeze, sneeze all on me. He said. But my wife till today, though she don't go out, but though the Lord has protected her. So wisdom applied don't only benefit you, it benefits the people around your life. Amen? Solomon affected so many people. Huh? The other part, I won't go about his thousand wives, but never right, mind. These are good questions I want to answer, but I want to do something. I want to see this in, in Samuel chapter 6. There are three kinds of groups of people that responded to the ark. Number one, there was one group called the Philistines. Huh? They are the one who wanted to send the ark away. They said, no one, enough, cukup, up. Then there's another group called the people of Beth Shemesh who received the ark with rejoicing. How many of you, when you got saved, you rejoice? Oh, you cry. I sir. saved. Susa already. They rejoice. You know why they rejoice? These people had wisdom. They knew what the ark of the covenant is. You know, some of us have good things in our life but we don't know how to appreciate Because we are competitive. How come he got more? Why he got less? He never do anything. He gets so much. Not because our eye is like a calculator. (laughs) Calculating. But these people had not wisdom of God. They said, God is coming to us. Where in the world would you find God coming to you? Normally we go out. The Bible says, seek and you shall find. You seek me diligently, but this one, they are coming do, 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 coming to you. The third group of people were 70 men. You know what they did? They want to see. Maybe like us, huh? Maybe we are Thomas. If I see, I believe. Don't see, I don't believe. So the Lord said, See, 70 of them died seeing. <speaking in Spanish> all, 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 what is inside? What, 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 died. Finished. No more story. Eh, sometimes our heart people are teaching you until I see I won't believe then that is a heart of a defiance you defy God you challenge God remember Thomas he said until I see Thomas was until I touch and what did Jesus do he didn't knock the door eh? he came through the wall read the Bible he came through the wall and they saw they got frightened and Jesus walked straight to Thomas Thomas put your finger he said I don't want to touch Lord, I believe. Then Jesus said, Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Some of us say, see to believe. Others say, believe to see. Where are you? You keep believing, one day you will see Jesus. Amen? Yes. You don't believe, one day you will see Mr. S. A. Tan. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Sometimes I always use it very practically. It's simple. You want to believe? You believe, you will see. I never told you when I'll show you, but you will see. You will see. But if you don't want to believe, you also will see. You see the different person waiting there, Mr. S.A. 10. Welcome to my den. They went to look. These three groups of people, I want to bring out a lesson, illustrate, bring out three kinds of attitude in the church and in our lives. There are three kinds of people, three different attitudes to God. One is out of fear, the other reverence, and the other disrespect. I will elaborate on each one later, but think about it. What is your attitude when you come to church on Sunday? You respect God, come early. You respect God, do your tithes. You respect God, join the fasting and prayer. He you respect. Simple. Respect is a word. The action of respect is more important. Amen? I love you, I love you. Sampai tua, I love you, but never do anything. Nothing done. But I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Jesus don't want words of love. He want acts of love. Because the Bible says, For God so loved the Father gave His Son. And then in Romans, He said, God, listen, demonstrated His love for us by dying on the cross. Love was spoken in the Old Testament. Love was demonstrated in the New Testament. Love will be demonstrated in the coming of Christ to take us back. Amen? Love! So don't talk, talk, talk. I actually don't like... Even though I come, I got a good background. I studied law. I I can talk like a lawyer. I can talk even like a stupid lawyer. I also can talk. But my word is at the end of the day when the sun sets... The dust settles down. What have you done? Huh? Samuel gives us a good. They talk and they talk and they this. But what do you do? If Jesus came, would he find you working or talking? <laughs> talking, talking, talking. What, you didn't do anything. James says, you see your brother by the road, starving. You go there and talk, pray for him. But you don't do anything. You have done nothing. Love, Compliments action and action complements the expression of love. So, I want to just spend a few moments on this. Number one, the people who are afraid of God's holiness do this, they push Him away. Because the presence of God, let me tell you, the presence of God is so powerful, it reveals your weaknesses. Some people, you know, some people, I don't know, because maybe I come from a background, I, I do a lot of profiling. Some people, when you talk to them, they cannot look at you. The eye look there, 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 everywhere, but they won't look at you. You know why? There is something that they are struggling with. And the eye-to-eye contact is dealing with them. And they cannot handle the emotions going on. So they, I see you, Pastor so i got to go. You're going where? You told me you not, not no appointment? You create an excuse to leave. Because you can't cope. With the presence of truth. Amen. So the Philistines thought they conquered God. Little did they know God came into their presence to deal with them. Think about it. Who can capture God's presence? Who can carry the Ark of the Covenant? The Bible says you touch it, you drop dead. If you are not holy, you die. But how did they carry it to the place? God, in his sovereign way, allowed them to bring his presence within the camp of sin. Because when his presence comes, all demons flee. Sin is overcome. If God is here today, God will reveal a lot of things in our hearts. I like that this morning. You know, we are all weak people, but we act like tough people. Eh? We act like we know. I I was telling them, you know, with this COVID, people were fighting whether vax, don't vax, Djokovic, no vax, Djokovic, or which vax, I also don't know. <laughs> but one day, I went for a jab, and somebody saw me and told me to my face in front of the whole line. Public, I also don't know. He said, Pastor Mr. I used to respect you, but now I doubt I don't respect you much. He said, I, your, your, lab, you, your picture before me gone down. I said, why? He said, because you went for a wax. I don't, I don't think you have faith in God. And I look at him. I'm a lawyer, friend. Please, please remember that. My reservoir is it's a lot of information, I know. My language can cut you. No need to punch you. My language can cut you. Eh? And I look at this guy. And he's giving me a rattling down. And I look at him and I said, listen, man, listen. My wife is fighting for cancer. She's on the verge. And you are telling me that I'm a man of no faith. I do it because I love her. I'm willing to put my whole reputation at stake because I love her. Two, I'm a man of the law. I know how to obey the law of God. And he kept quiet. I don't need a jab. I know it. But my wife needs me and I need her. And I'm not going to carry the guilt because of me. COVID comes in and takes her down. So wisdom, I always feel when people don't know, they start shoving and they say things that hurt and cut one another. But people who fear, the attitude of of fear is very damaging. Fear, Fear. I went through the COVID. I got it. I prayed and I said, Lord, if I get it, I will walk with you. If I get it, I know nothing in this world happens to my life without your knowledge. Amen? Amen? God knows. And in my weakness, I cry out to you, Lord. Help me. Fear. God doesn't want us to f- be afraid. He wants us to fear. Amen? Yeah. Children, parents, don't make your kids afraid of you. That's the damaging you, damage you can do to their emotions. Yes, I've seen Asian families. I'm not against Asian. I'm also Asian. I like nasi padang, nasi campur. But I've heard families say, you, you be naughty, I call the policeman. You naughty, I lock you in the dark room. Why do that? Then he respect you out of being afraid. What if Jesus said, you be naughty, I put you in hell. Hey, don't want what? I dangle you in the fire for two days and then bring out. Don't do that. It's genuine fear. The fear of the Lord is reverence, respect. I love you, Lord, and I will not do anything to break your. I took the jab because I love my wife. I, during COVID, I'm out preaching. I went in. I'm doing work of God. And God, I plead your covering over her and me. All my kids down. Even my dog also. I said, what's going on with him? <laughs> Just sneezing. You also got flu? <laughs> but you know one thing? I'm not afraid of the COVID. If I get it, God, my life is in his hands. Amen but I am a person who exercises wisdom with faith that touches people around me. Not only me, it's not about me, not about I, me, and myself, the unholy trinity, but it's about others. So fear pushes. And because you have fear, we push. You know, sometimes people see when God is moving, they run out of the church and stand outside. They frightened. The move of God is a powerful move. People fall, people fall. They didn't know they had the holiness and they were running away from the holiness of fear. We should be running into the holy of holies, not out of the holy of holies. Amen? This come, church is something like that. You come to church because church is deemed to be the gathering of the holy ones. We are, all, we are all made holy. We are not holy. We are made holy in His presence and made under the righteousness of God. We stand holy. So don't run away from church. Don't run away. People give excuse. I can't. Don't, be, don't, don't, don't use excuse. If it's genuine, okay. don't make excuse. Somebody told me, Pastor, Mr. don't worry. The, the holiness of God can go through the cable and come to my house. I say, hey, hello. I'm not a six-year-old kid. You don't need the cable. He can go to your house. But we come out with excuse. But God's holiness. This group... Truth. The Philistines didn't want. You know why they didn't want? Because the moment the holiness of God came in that camp, they had boils. They had sores. They had bluebonic plague, rats. People were dying. Now, for once, they had, the, they had the captivity of God. But the captivity of God turned against them. The moral is, you cannot contain God. Amen? Don't try to contain God. Let God contain you. Yeah. Amen? Let God contain you. So they were afraid and the ark had been in their territory for seven months. You know, seven months they were living in fear. People were dying. People getting boils. The rats were running wild. Now we use the rat to test. <laughs> rat test. I don't know why we use the rat. Not that the rat is a good guy, but anyway, the rats were running wild. You know why? Let me bring this clearer to you. When God's presence is with you and you are not handling it well, there's a repercussion. You abuse it. You blaspheme it. God doesn't take mocking. So they didn't know how to handle it because they didn't have the wisdom. They had the fear but no wisdom. Yes, they were afraid of God. Who is not afraid? I'm also afraid. I don't want to offend God. In chapter 5, they caught the ark. They captured it. It When they captured it, it says they celebrated. You know, sometimes we have, uh, what they call it, improper celebration. We don't know how to celebrate sir. We don't know how to celebrate. They were celebrating on the preference, on the premises of, we've taken God down we won. If they had wisdom, nobody can fight God. Amen? The Old Testament has proven it. So they had plague and ice. then, now it comes to the other group, those who had reverence in death. There was a group called Beth Shemesh, the people there. They gladly, gladly wanted the presence of God. And when people want the presence, what they do? They wanted to they will show reverence. They were doing sacrifices for God. How many of you sacrificed to come here this morning? Did he, You know, next time I come, I want to preach to you on this. I use this. I did a training in Western Australia. We are all coming on Sunday. We call this the mile of convenience. You know, Jesus said, go the second mile. The first mile is the mile of convenience. I can do. It doesn't cost me anything. I can come. That's a convenience uh, drive. It's going to car come here. Cha, it almost becomes automation. It's convenient. A bit of snow, cold, said you cannot. Too hot cannot come. So that is disturbing your convenience. But God wants us to move, as He told the story, from convenient, move up one more. The second mile is called the mile of commitment. Hallelujah. Commitment is even though rain, I'm committed, I come. Even though call, I'm committed. I'll come. No excuses. Yeah. I come. That is commitment. You know, when my wife had cancer, and, and I told her, I said, I want because I love you. I said I will cancel all my preaching engagement during that. I said, I'll stay with you, and she told me, don't ever do that. Don't ever do that for me. She said, that doesn't tell me you love me. That tells me you don't love God. Sometimes when your wife got a lot of wisdom, or was so hard to handle. She said, you go. I said, but how? No, you go, she said. I said, I go. Sometimes, sometime, Then some, my, my son had the second one. Daddy, you like gangster. I said, at home, you're frightened. I said, hey, don't stir. La. Don't, don't poke fire somehow. But you know, then I thought, I wanted, I said, because I love her. But sometimes... Sometimes the commitment costs you something. The commitment mile is a mile that has a cost. The convenient mile has got no cost. Then the third mile. After you have done commit, convenient to commitment, the third mile is the most powerful mile. It's called the mile of consecration. Consecrate yourself today Before you cross the river For tomorrow I'll do miracles in your life Because you consecrate yes. Think about it church ah, Where are you in your walk Where are you, which mile are you And each mile God blesses you In accordance to that But when you go to consecration He blesses you even more Than you can handle Because it honours His name Amen that's another time. This is of people who feared the Lord, who really received God. They received with gladness, open arms. They showed, the, they showed their gladness by putting God first in their life. Is God first in your life? Maybe sometimes word and thought, but in action, is God really first in your life? Or for that matter, husbands and wives, is your wife the first one in your life? Husband, a wife is your husband the first, not above God, but in your love and your journey. Do you have options or you look at other options? That's why marriages go down the drain. When we switch position, they put God first. You know why they put God first? They were working in the wheat, on the wheat fields. And wheat is important in those days. When they saw the ark of the covenant coming, they put down tools and they went to welcome the ark. One person was welcoming it away, this one welcoming it home. They went. Would you put down your tools in your convenience to lift up the tools of commitment? God is with me. Amen? Amen? God wants that. You know, church growth is not about just praying. Don't get me wrong, I pray. I love prayer. Church growth doesn't only happen because you pray. Church growth happens because you've been praying and working. Working. They put down, they put God. Secondly, they quickly made sacrifices. They got the cows, sacrificed cows. They gave everything just to acknowledge the holy presence of the Holy One. Sacri- you know, today churches and Christians, we struggle in the area of sacrifice. We give only what I can. But I won't, I won't give. I can give more, but then I'll have to sacrifice so I don't, want, I don't give more. In Bible, it says, you rob God. Malachi says, you rob God. You are a robber. You're a robber. You can, but you don't want the sacrifice. If I give up next two days, cannot eat McDonald's anymore. man? (laughs) Think about it. That's commitment. Going the extra mile. You know, parents, parents, when we become parents, somehow the angels bring that inside. That you do anything for your kid. Amen. How many of you how many of you young parents here? Young parents, you you got the first kid. Wha, like the prince of what? Egypt. So everything you do for your kid. Isn't that true? You go beyond your convenience. Maybe that's where the message kicks into our lives. Are we willing to sacrifice convenience for commitment? I love you, Lord. I want to see the work grow. I want to see people blessed, oh Lord. I want to see them blessed, Lord. It's not about me, not about I, me, and myself, the unholy trinity. It's about all of them. And they were willing to make sacrifices even if it cost them their life. Think about it. David said uh, in 2 Samuel 24, 24, I will never offer anything to my God that costs me nothing. Put that in your head. Second Samuel 24 24. I will never offer my God something that doesn't cost me anything. Because when it doesn't cost you, then it has no value. The value is in the cost. Amen? Yeah. Jesus loved us, he died in the cost. The value was your life, the cost was his life. Yeah. Think about it, church. God loves us. God will do anything. He said, you call me, you ask me, knock the door. I will do because simply I love you. Thirdly, these people, Beth Shemesh, they followed the laws of God. You know, I come from a law. I am an advocate. Huh? I tell you seriously, even, I love the law. I don't go for the letter of the law it kills. I go for the spirit of the law that brings judgment upon us. In time when we meet God, is to have a right spirit. Law. Don't take the two laws and collide. The law of the land and the law of the law of God overrides, but the law of the land is a subject of the law of God. Yes. You know, the other day I was sharing and somebody told, somebody who didn't know me came up after TV and said, Pastor. Are you a lawyer? I said, how do you know? He said, you talk like that? About the law, law, law? He said, I actually don't subscribe to the laws of the land. I said, why? He said, because i only subject to God. I said, can you show me in picture, pictorially, I want to say, how do you submit to God's law? He said, I don't know. I tell you. I said, you tell me it's all lies. If you do something, it must be noticed and noted. People can see. I love God. How do you see I love God? I help those. that, What did the Bible say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your neighbor. That is the expression of my love to Him. Amen. Yeah. I'm a law person. I said, I teach law. I not only practice. I can teach law. I, said. I can articulate for you. Don't talk to me nonsense. I said, huh? Don't challenge the law of the land. God wants us to subscribe, to test whether you're good. Even though if the law is bad and you subscribe, you know what you're showing the Lord? I fear you. Amen? The apostles suffered under the hands of the law. They didn't give up. But God took care of them. Because if we all have our opinion, there'll be different laws. I like this one. He don't like it. How to run the place? But so when we come to common ground, we call it common ground. As a Christian, maybe you need to develop a worldview of the world. God's law. Church, God's law is the ultimate law. Amen? Don't break the law, of God. Don't. You know, I was telling them there's a place called Kadesh Burnia in the Old Testament. Where God brought the people out of bondage, gave them freedom, and they had all to eat. But every day from morning from dawn till dusk, they complain, 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 complain. The Bible says God had enough. That night, He sent an angel who took 1.5 million people's lives away. You know why? When you murmur and complain, it comes from an ungrateful heart. And you're breaking His law. So keep the law of God. I like this part. They kept, in spite of all the bad news going around, they say the ark causes sickness. These people kept the law. Someday, when we stand before God, God is going to open the law book. Not Facebook. Not TikTok. This one, not TikTok. This one, no talk. You stand there, He talk to you. you. finish. Amen? Really? Don't talk about TikTok. I don't know about TikTok, but I only know one thing. When he talks, I'm going to listen. I can't talk right here. I talked everything when I was alive. But what? What is it? What is it that you struggle about the law? You know, I tell you, this is something I want to share for my I went to a church, and somebody told me, Pastor, I don't like the church. Yeah, why? They got liturgy, lit, 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 liturgical order. Or liturgy, eh? I said, what's the problem? Sing three songs, sit down. Yeah. So I said, what's the problem? You want to sing how many songs? 300 songs. He said, why must go in order? I said, what time you eat your lunch? 3 o'clock in the morning? No, no, I said 12 o'clock. I said, also order what? Everything got order. Just because you don't go in your order, you don't like? What if every one of us stood before God and he said, I don't like all your order. <laughs> all gone. Abo, left ash on it. So sometimes we sillily don't understand the application of God's word and we use it against us. Law. Follow God's law. If the church says 9 o'clock, it's the law. Follow the church. How can... You know, I realise some of us want to serve God. We want to do things for God, but our problem is this. Lord, I want to serve you on my terms of reference and contract. Oh, that's a problem. That's a big problem. My terms and contract, not your terms. Cannot. If you serve God, you follow Him. You're going to study in the Union and you say, no, no, I want, to, I want you to pass me on my... Your, your answer is stupid. You want me to pass you? That's where we struggle. The law allows us wisdom. And so these people loved the Lord. They really wanted God. And it, you know, it excited them to have, the, to have the holiness of God. You know, friend, thank God today we don't have an ark. We are the ark we carry God in our hearts. Amen. The holiness, the fear. Amen. Yes. The presence of God. My, my presence will go with you wherever you are. Your, my presence dwells in you. Church, go back, sit down at home, shut all your games, here and just ponder on this. The word of God, my presence will always be with you until the end of time. Sit down and grasp that thought and you see your life change. Amen. Yeah. Even I told, I can't tell my wife I'll be with you. Someday you go. I, I could never tell my wife that. Only God could tell me that. Pastor Miso, I'll always be with you. Irregardless, I'll be with you. Even though you're unfaithful, I'll always be faithful to you. Even though you don't love me, I'll always love you. Sit down and articulate that and see your life change. See your worldview change. See your heart change. God loves you. In conclusion, I don't want to go too long where Pagus Agus won't invite me again. <laughs> I want to read this Psalm Psalms 95, verse 6 to 7. He said, Come, church, come. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. And we are the people of His pasture. The flock under His care. Come. Come without fear. Come without any perspective change. Come with a simple heart. I need you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I pray, church, something has fallen into your heart today. The seed has been planted. Let the Holy Spirit water that someday that tree will grow and you will eat of that tree for the fruit will bring gladness and joy to your heart and life. Amen. Let's pray. Abba, Father, what a wonderful morning it is, Lord, to be able to put aside all the cares of this world and be found at your feet, O oh Lord. Lord, we need you, Lord, We need your wisdom, Lord We need your understanding We need your presence We need your holiness, Lord As we walk this walk called the walk of life Oh, how we need you, Lord I pray you bless Pastor Agus and Lillian And all the pastors and leaders in this church That God, they will rise up and raise up a generation That will fear you A generation that will go more than one mile, two miles. A generation, Lord, that would consecrate their life and existence to the fulfillment of your will, Lord. Pour forth your blessings, Lord. Pour forth, Lord. Pour forth, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.